0: Technology alone can't solve the challenges nonprofits face, and that's why Neon One provides software that empowers you to manage constituents, all while giving you the resources and support you need to connect to what matters most, your people and their passions. Learn more about how Neon One is helping nonprofits create stronger connections by visiting neonone.com slash good. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast.
1: Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world.
0: We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising.
1: So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
0: So let's get started. Becky, I'm so glad this day is here.
1: I am buzzing with excitement to introduce our guests to our community.
0: I mean, we've kind of been building to this moment because we've talked a lot about giving circles on the podcast, and I hope it's just opened up your heart and mind for what's pers- possible, not just in philanthropy outside the walls that we often talk about trying to garner donations, but in our own hearts and how we structure our own personal giving back around the values that hold most to us in community. And we have just got the torchbearer of this entire movement right here in our midst. It's my sincere honor to introduce you to Sarah Lomalin. She is the founding CEO of Philanthropy Together, and she like exists to diversify and democratize philanthropy through the power of giving circles. And if you've listened to the podcast much, you know we had Kaisen Banthawang on the podcast a couple of times now. Hi, Kaisen. And he is like the evangelist for this as well. And he's taught us a lot about these principles, but I'm excited for Sarah to kind of put her lens as we look at what is the future of collective giving. And we want to talk about that today, but let me just give you a little bit of background on Sarah. She is a connector of people, ideas, she's a relationship builder, and a firm believer that anybody can be a philanthropist. shes I've mentioned she's the founding CEO of Philanthropy Together, but before that, she had this really incredible career. She was the Senior Director of Leadership at Accion Opportunity Fund and the VP of Philanthropy at the Latino Community Foundation, where she created the Latino Giving Circle Network, which is the largest network of Latinx philanthropists in the U.S., She's also served as, or she serves as the National Council of Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. We all heard of have heard of that, and the board of directors for Giving Tuesday in this incredible organization, Battery Powered, which we need to talk about Battery Powered also yeah, because battery we're so powered impressed. Is
1: amazing.
0: But Sada recently took the stage at the International TED Conference and just put a stake in the ground around collective giving. And we're really excited. We've not yet seen the talk yet because it's not yet been released as the day of this recording, but I want to pull a quote that I found of something that she mentioned, and then we're going to kick it to her to fill in her story. But she said, you know, giving by for and with the communities we represent is the future of philanthropy and each and every one of us belong in this movement. I mean, what an incredible conversation that we are so honored to have today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Thank you so much for having me, John and Becky. You know, I'm a big fan and uh, I know Kaison had an amazing time both times that he was with you and uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's, we truly mean this. It's a huge honor to just share space with you today. So would you take us back to your growing up? You, know, you grew up in Mexico City, but also just kind of carry us through your journey. What got you really passionate about this cause and catch us up to where you're at today?
2: Um yes you know I was born and raised in Mexico City um very happy childhood uh I have three brothers younger than me I come from a very big family my dad is the second of 13 uh big large catholic family in Mexico City and um since you know I think it's middle school that throughout you know the school and my family there was always this um you know instilled in our in, in my three brothers and I to give back to the community to volunteer to give your time to give your skills to do something and um, I moved to the u s in well, twenty almost twenty six years ago and I completely changed my career because my I don't come from the nonprofit world I study communications before the internet if people in the audience can think of a <laughs> yeah hard to imagine yeah <laughs> i'm telling you my age right there um and uh and i started my career you know in the corporate world and a few years ago about 12 years ago um after living in san francisco and then uh living eight years in dallas texas going back to the bay area I I completely reinvented myself and started working in in philanthropy.
1: Wow! I mean that I just think our stories inform the humans that we become and the things that are most passionate to us. I like just notice your face, like, and the way that it lights up when you talk about your brothers, and I can tell your family is very special to you, which makes sense because giving circles are like family giving. It is truly about like, I'm Italian, alla famiglia. Like it's about <laughs> everything ab- is about the family and how do you democratize the process so that everyone has a piece in pushing something meaningful forward. And I just, I we love you guys over at Philanthropy Together just because you've taught us so much about giving circles and the power of collective giving. And Julie has, you know, is our unicorn producer, but she stands on this, that everybody can be a philanthropist, even somebody that's at the Gen Z level, and they're heartwired for it. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about this evolution of collective giving and giving circles. Can you walk us through some of the history and and how this
2: even came to be? Totally, totally. Um, and and then we'll talk about Gen Zs, because yes, Isn't they G- are the future of Yes. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, collective giving is really people-powered philanthropy, right? Giving circles are people-powered philanthropy. It's groups of individuals that come together to support the community, a cause, or another individual. There are many, many forms of collective giving, like, you know, crowdfunding, mutual aid societies that we saw a lot of them, you know, flourishing during COVID, Uh, giving days like Giving Tuesday issue funds, fundraising societies, and giving circles. So what is unique about giving circles um, is individuals gather, they discuss their values, their, their individual values, their values as a group, and issues in the community. They pull their dollars and collectively decide where to give the funds. So that's the difference between giving circles and other types of collective giving. And of course, you know, collective giving is not new and is not American, right? Um, this type of commun- you know community philanthropy has been going on in communities around the world for many, many, many generations, and it's kind of going back to the roots of the word love of humanity, where um, everybody can completely participate and, and take action into supporting their local communities or the communities are large. There are many different kinds of models. I mean, they're not strict giving circles um, around the world, but for example, you know, the Susu model in with origins throughout Africa and in its diaspora. Um, in Mexico, we have something called Tandas, which is a little bit like a giving circle. Um, and you know, like mutual aid societies that started in in the black communities in the century. so the giving circle as we know it right now, they're kind of fairly new, and when the movement started getting more um kind of the the spotlight was in the early eighties so the last research that we have about giving circles. Uh, was done in 2017 by the collective giving research group. And they saw at that moment that there were were about 1,600 giving circles operating in the U.S. And that in the past 20 years had given out $1.3 billion. Wow. Wow. That's an impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people think about, oh, collective giving, giving circles, it's just small groups of people giving small dollars. And Yeah, that may be the case of some, but when you aggregate all of us, all the giving circles working together, the amount of money and the impact that giving circles are having uh, at the global level is huge.
0: Well, okay. I mean, what a case, what uh, momentum and what storied history, like this whole thing is built upon. I love Mm -hmm. that so much. Would you kind of catch us up to the part of your story about philanthropy together? Because from our seat, you know, we're a toddler company that came about in the pandemic, you know, with people that had hearts <laughs> for this. You know, we're kind of building, yeah, at the exact same time. And I just step back and I'm like, the We Summit that y'all put on that has galvanized thousands of people in pouring into deep conversations and these giving movements. And we've met in our community, Faith Betker, who's running a giving circle and who is an evangelist Coaching. for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just see the impact and the movement that you've built. And it's just, I have awe for that too. So tell us a little bit of that story. Unpack, like how did philanthropy together come about and kind of the formation? Cause I'm just so fascinated.
2: Well, you know, it's an amazing story because we are the brainchild of more than a hundred people. Mm. So, oh. um, During my years at the Latino Community Foundation, I got connected with other leaders of other networks of giving circles. Half of the giving circles that exist in the US, maybe more than half, are part of networks of giving circles. And you have different networks. Like there are a couple of big women networks they are um, faith based networks like you know muslim uh, a muslim network um, a jewish network of giving circles they are ethnicity based networks so the api community the black community the latino community etc cetera, etc cetera. so during those years um a few women got connected and, you know, we were like touching base every couple of months. How are you doing? What are you doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And back in 2017, at the beginning of the year, I got a call from the leader of Amplifier, um, a network of giving circles based on Jewish values in New York. And she said, hey, we are here at the Women's Philanthropy Institute Conference. And we just realized that there's nothing like this the Giving Circle movement. There's not a place for us to convene as as Giving Circle members, Giving Circle leaders, just to share ideas. So what do you think about getting together at the end of the year uh, with a group of people and just, you know, have two days of brainstorming? And I said, count me in. So (laughs) end of 2017, you got, you know, about, we're like about 40 to 50 people in Michigan in November, it was pretty cold um, because we had just a, a little tiny money to get together, um, and just you know sharing ideas. In, and during those two days, um, we went to the Gates Foundation and we said we need something, but we don't know yet what we need as as a movement, right? We don't know if we need a website, we don't know if we need just to have a, an annual conference. We need to create an organization. We don't know what we need. We would love to engage in a full year of a co design project. So um Victoria Brana from the Gates Foundation was extremely generous and she said, Yes, so here's a challenge grant. You go and fundraise more get, you know, the rest of the grant, but do it. So that year, um, with a core team of five. So we were the Community Investment Network, a, a network of, of black and people of color giving circles in the South, uh, led by Marsha Morgan. Uh, Philanos a Women's Giving Circle Network, led by Paula Liang at that time. Amplifier that was led by Liz Fisher. Um, ha- the amazing Halle Lee from the uh, Asian Women's Giving Circle. And myself, I was representing the Latino voice, and we had this amazing uh facilitator and consultant, Isis Kraus. We embarked into this co-design project, but we involved more than a hundred people in you know, pure uh giving circle mode. We wanted to be very collaborative, very transparent, and bring you know everybody's voices. So we had, I mean, we laugh now, but we had hundreds of zoom hours before zoom was even popular yep. <laughs> before zoom was even popular yeah. uh we should have bought stock uh, <laughs> we but we had you know working groups we ended up at the gates foundation with a room full of post-it notes and uh, and at the end of that year we came back to the gates foundation and we said here's a plan we want to have a five-year initiative to support strengthen and you know just scale the american giving circle movement Mm. so we officially launched in april of 2020 april 1st so right you know in the middle of covid (laughs) Um, and a couple of months later we realized we were not only supporting the u.s giving circle movement but the global movement and that was you know, a little bit of a silver lining from the, the from right. COVID because people from all of, from many other countries were reaching out to us um, because they wanted to start giving circles.
1: I just wish that I could have packed myself into your suitcase and gone with you to <laughs> Michigan because, wow, I mean the representation is fantastic. It just feels like everyone can be seen in this way and. Anytime you talk about building something from the bottom up, this is what we believe in. We, do not, we believe in an inverted donor pyramid that starts from powering a base all the way up. And that's what I think is just the magic of giving circles. And John, you're, you'll remember this, but I remember us even when we were kicking off an employee giving campaign in our hospital foundation back in the day. We had like we inadvertently created a little giving circle of people that we said, "Hey, can you give just five dollars per pay period?" You know, and we're going to amass all of that, and we're going to see what happens with it. Well, you know, one hundred and sixty thousand dollars later, someone really feels like they're five dollars really went the distance. And the community feeling of that is so effervescent and magnetic, and you want to replicate it again and again. And that's what I think the secret sauce is and collective giving. And so I want you to just tell all of our nonprofit listeners out there, like what opportunities exist for nonprofits today in leveraging collective giving?
2: Yes. No, this is a great question and something that you touch upon, right? Like this whole um you know total happiness and joy that yeah. giving gives you right that as you said you want to replicate it you want to do it again um because of course when you give $5 but that night you give $50,000 or $160,000 you go you know and tell your partner or your kids or your friends i just gave $160,000 You don't say, I just gave $5. No, you are part of this collective, of this impact. So something very important in a giving circle is that the power dynamics get broken and get blurred. And that is incredible because, (laughs) yes, because giving circles, you know, become seed funders for a lot of very small grassroots nonprofits. Right. Um, you know, those nonprofits that cannot, you know, they're not going to get a grant from a big foundation because they're too small. Right. Uh, because maybe they're volunteer run because maybe they have uh, one or two staff and they don't have the capacity to have a grant writer to be, you know, writing these 15 page proposals with uh, outputs and, you know, theory of changes and a bunch of stuff. Um Giving circles because they're close proximity to the community, we create real relationships. Um, you're going to listen on the on the TED Talk, but something that is instilled in me from my days at Latino Community Foundation is in giving circles, we give as you would give to a loved one. Mm -hmm. You look people in the eyes. It's family. Is not you are the one receiving, I'm the one giving. No, we're all one. We're part of the same community. So for for us in giving circles, nonprofit leaders are the ones that are closest to community issues. They are the ones that know what their community needs. So a giving circle member, a giving circle leader has to step back. You know, the nonprofit is giving us the opportunity to be part of their impact. So I always tell, you know, um, Giving Circle members, Giving Circle leaders, like, be the tool to get the funding to the nonprofits. Don't come and dictate what they need to do because we as donors, we don't know anything. I mean, we don't know (laughs) what the community needs. The nonprofit leader knows, you know, where the funds are most needed. So I think the way nonprofit leaders can connect with Giving Circles is by continually doing the work in the local communities, connecting with different stakeholders, right? You never know where you are going to meet the new big ambassador and advocate for your organization because, again, for all the nonprofit leaders listening to us, Giving Circle members are not your regular donors. Giving Circle members are not going to be just okay just writing the check and sending it or just clicking a donate button, a button. They want to elevate your message. They want to advocate for you. They will become your biggest and stronger, stronger ambassadors, right? They will become that pipeline of board members at some point. Um, those, you know, big champions of your organization. So Offering as a nonprofit leader, if you can offer volunteer opportunities, um, but not you know the typical volunteer opportunity of come and you know help us put together uh, the Thanksgiving meals. or, I mean, I'm not saying that that is not useful because it is. But think of outside the box. What does your organization really need? Do you need a marketer? Do you need a lawyer? Do you need you know um, financial skills like involve the members of your community in that and also you know giving circle as i was saying like giving circles are a source of funding for me, for for many small nonprofits. so it's like you are building this community with the giving circle members you are reaching more individuals that may support your organization in a in a deeper level at some point
0: Hey friends, taking a pause from this feel-good conversation to share a quick story. Hope in a Future is a nonprofit that serves children in the Arizona foster care system. Last year, they wanted to grow donations during Giving Tuesday. The only problem, Giving Tuesday was only one day away. Determined to seize the opportunity, they reached out to our friends at Feather. With help from Feather Services, Hope in a Future managed to launch a complete advertising campaign just in time. As a direct result, they raised more than $500 on Giving Tuesday, but that was just the beginning. Hope in a Future decided to follow up with an additional retargeting campaigns designed to increase donations and re-engage previous donors. They raised over $32,000 with just a $4,000 ad spend. Nonprofits of all shapes and sizes are turning to Feather to grow their campaigns with targeted digital ad tools that reach people whenever and wherever they're online. Use Feather to grow your year-end fundraisers. Learn more about their solutions for nonprofits at feather.co. That's feather without the last e.co. I mean, how could we not just be so magnetic to this? I mean, to have a group of people that are like-minded, that have their values, we call them believers we call them believers because we don't think the end goal is just to get a donor. That's so transactional. Like, but if you get a believer who has those legal skills or they have the contacts or they have the social media following to create a movement, like there's so much more to come to the table here. And so that's why we always talk about it. And I love that you're leading us deeper into this because what an opportunity. Um, And I think the opportunity also lies in the future of giving. Um, We've already alluded to it. Gen Z is fascinating, and the generation alpha coming afterwards is even more fascinating, I think, of just the empathy levels are off the charts, the understanding, the equality that's just kind of baked into how they show up in the world seems to fit with this movement you're describing. Will you talk about, paint a picture for how do you see giving circles being part of this future of collective giving
2: with yes, the generation? Yes, yeah. Totally. I, I think you know it's very exciting that across philanthropy, major donors are becoming more diverse. Right. And this is a total win because as a field, we are stronger. Right. Because we can look past our differences in viewpoints and ideas and come together around a shared desire to make social change happen. And this is, you know, it's so key right now with everything that is happening in the world. Again, you know, one big part of giving circles are creating the sense of belonging, right? The second part is opening a space for discourse. We need to be able to hear different perspectives. And in a giving circle, you know, you have people that are together because of their shared values, but their backgrounds, they may not, you know, they may not agree in many, many different things. But they are open to hear different perspectives and to open for this. So I feel that um, having a more diverse set of donors is extremely important. Um, Same, you know, with young people. The younger generation are not happy just to donate. They want to go all in. They want to give all in. And, you know, in giving circle uh, lingo, we always said like giving your five T's, right? You give your time, your talent, your treasure, your testimony and your ties. And as John, as you said, your testimony, your story, sharing your story is extremely important. And your ties, all of us are part of many different networks, your family, your alma mater, your office, your neighborhood. So by opening those networks to the causes, the nonprofits, the initiatives that you support, you can have a much larger impact that by, by just donating your your money. So what we do at Philanthropy Together, and maybe I, I, I don't know if Kyson mentioned this last time, is we train community leaders to start giving circles, right, through Launchpad for You. Um, since we started the program in June 2020, we have trained more than 400 leaders, and roughly, you know, there are about 79% women. Uh, 54% uh, people of color, and we have seen that many young people, teenagers, are, you know, starting their giving circles, because, again, it's something that, apart from everything, it's fun, right? You're with (laughs) your friends. You were having, I mean, um, Lily, um, she's 16, and she's in Arizona, and she has a giving circle with more than 180 teenagers,
0: Okay. And We're calling her said, to the podcast right now. Can we add you her need, Yes.
2: I I am going Come to give on. you her name because she is unbelievable. And as Faith, she is Lily's training. I think she has now six different groups of teenagers that she's training. Two in New York, one here in the Bay Area, I think a couple in Chicago, I, and I think one in Florida of teenagers that wants to start their groups because- The amazing here uh, part here, and this is something that is beautiful about giving circles. You create your own rules; they are not written rules. So, for example, in the case of Lily's uh, group, every time they meet, there's food, there's there's a DJ, right? Because it has to be, you know, it's fun. Fun back to the
1: joy of giving again. (laughs) Back to the joy.
2: Yeah, Becky, you that is so uh, you know important because. I mean the issues in our community are huge and overwhelming but that doesn't mean that giving cannot be joyful right mm-hmm. giving should be joyful because it's it is joyful I mean I just
1: think about this is this is something that I hope is shifting your minds friends because I really think we've been taught to think about the donor, the almighty donor, and, he, and, and whoever that person is sitting at the top of the pyramid. You know, I always see them just sitting with their legs hanging over, swinging. <laughs> um, the one donor that we're trying to cultivate. And this is a different mindset. Mm. This is about not looking at donors, donations singularly. Again, any longer, the new modern fundraising is it 's about giving it 's about network it 's about influence it 's about story it 's about amplification it 's everybody has something to bring to the modern day giving and philanthropy movement and so and I just think. Your giving circle donors are your most pure. They really want to be there. They really want to have their voice in it. They really want to lock arms with their friends and do it together. I just think we had that incredible conversation with Nancy Brinker um, last season talking about how she founded Susan G. Komen. And her original dream was about seeing women dressed in pink, running with swords, arm in arm. And to me, that is the metaphor of all of this is that we can all collectively do something. And gosh, it feels so much better to do that in community. I just love what you're saying, Sarah, And I just think that along that community is everything trend. Talk to us about how you've witnessed the convergence of community and philanthropy that is deepening this impact and democratizing
2: this kind of philanthropy in your world. Yeah, no, Becky, this is, this is so powerful because, you know, you, you touch on something super important. Giving circles are mini labs of civic engagement, like Mm. literally are, you know, these incubators of civic engagement, people that get, that are part of a giving circle, just because of the model, they are more aware of what is going on around them, around their community. Once you know, the issues and the challenges. You cannot go back. Mm-hmm. You cannot just, you know, cover your ears and say, "Oh my God, I didn't know this. I'm not. I'm going to unseen it or on, on hear it." Right? Mm-hmm. You become aware, and you have to do something. Mm-hmm. So we have seen over years that people that participate in giving circles, as the very first door into philanthropy, very first time that they are, they give. Suddenly, you know they're um, you know joining their PTO, they're joining their you know the the neighborhood association, they're running for office, they are becoming board members in nonprofits. I mean, it is huge. Is you know it's 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 important for our democracy. It's important for our country to have people that are more um, inclined and open to to support the community. I mean. Um, Giving as you know we were saying, like uh, giving circle members participate in many different parts of civic, uh, civic life, right? And also because giving circles are outside of traditional philanthropy and because we're everyday givers, we shatter this system. Again, yeah. it's not top-down. We serve communities directly and we fill the funding gaps that exist. Because I don't know, I mean, of course, our audience are nonprofits, so you know that only 8% of philanthropic dollars go to communities of color. And only 1.9% go to women and girls. And 0.3% go to the LGBTQ community. So and less we than have...
1: 1% to Latinx. We've had this yes. conversation, too.
2: Yes. So we can change that. Because we you know in our in our local communities can't change those numbers and imagine you know if at some point there there are giving circles in every single neighborhood every single uh, local community the power that this could have
0: oh, you're like reflecting the values we want to see in the world back at us and we call it an impact uprising because we believe the power of philanthropy being involved in that process changes people and your description of how it involves people more civically is so beautiful. And it's so comprehensive even beyond what I've dreamed before this moment. So thank you for that. I'm wondering like practically speaking, what do you see in terms of what happens after, after the gift is made? And how are nonprofits engaging with storytelling impact back to these giving circles? Mm Because you got a lot of people on the line here and we want to create an incredible stewardship experience for these rabid fan believers of our missions.
2: Yes. So, you know, um, again, it's all about relationships, right? Um, uh, You mentioned we, we cannot be transactional. And I think it's, it's it's that. It's changing that mindset. I always say that, you know, I, I I work in fundraising for many years. You can make anyone to give to your organization once. But making that person giving a second time, that's the tricky part. Yeah. Because that means that person is passionate about your cause, about your organization, and that you created a relationship. And that person feels... Seen by you. And it goes both ways. So it's all about relationships. You know, there are many community foundations that host giving circles. And we always said, you know, you have to think about why do you want to have giving circles? Is this just because you want to have more donors or more diverse donors? Don't do it. If, If this is to strengthen the ecosystem around your organization, do it. But you have to treat each Giving Circle member as a major donor, even if that Giving Circle member is giving $5 a month. But the potential, you are doing this for the long long haul, right? Especially, you know, we were talking about Gen Z, younger donors. You want those younger donors that are, you know, being part of Giving Circles now to Keep engaging in philanthropy. Keep engaging in your with your organization for many many years. So, what happens when someone gives a gift? Um, there are five elements, right, to a giving circle. First, you know, you gather, you discuss your interests and values, you decide where to give the pool gift, you give, and then the fifth, the fifth part is the engagement, right, the beyond the dollars. So, we um, we have seen how. Uh, Nonprofits create these deep relationships with their giving circle members by inviting them, you know, to different events. Um, again, to 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 create this pipeline of board members, committee members, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I'm sitting here just amazed, and I know John and Julie are too, because you have literally almost verbatim read back at least six of our core values of our company out of our eight back to us. And if Everyone Matters is our first one and Community is Everything is our last one, you've hit about <laughs> you know, four or five in between there too. But I just think this is a different way to look at the world. And if I'm gonna put a pro tip in here at all, my question would be to you, nonprofit um, worker, what does your onboarding look like for a new donor? Do you have a plan in place for this? And I will tell you, there is... Very simple, very cheap, and sometimes free tech out there that can help automate this for you. I mean, an onboarding welcoming series, you know, on email would be great. If you could find a way to just shout out people on social media, how are you gathering story? There to me, just like as a storyteller, this entire movement is so rich with story. Everyone is going to have a different bent on why they think this is important, why it doves tell with their values, with their lived experience, with their family, with their heart. So I just think this is a different way to look at the world. And I am telling you, you are on fire for it, Sara, and I am here for it. We are drinking all of this Kool-Aid because we want this to be the new norm. And, you know, I can't talk about storytelling without kind of just giving you the microphone because we believe storytelling can change just about everything in a relationship. When somebody gets to hear the heart of someone who has a lived experience, do you have a moment of philanthropy that has really profoundly changed you in your life that you might share with us today?
2: My God, I have so... So many, so many. I mean, with all the years you have to of pick giving, one. It of feels giving <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm not going to share the one that I shared in the TED Talk because I, I, you know, that will be the hook for all of you to listen to the TED Talk. Uh, but I have one that um, one of the giving circles that I uh, managed at the Latino Community Foundation was the Latinos in Tech giving circle. And one year, uh, the group was giving a grant to a small organization that was created by a former tech leader. And he created this after-school program for elementary school Latinos in, in second and third grade. And it was about, you know, reading and math, because he saw that, you know, kids are were lagging behind from that age, right? So anyway, he had an amazing, a, a retired, you know, engineer working in tech, he started this organization. He got the grant from the Latinos in Tech. And literally, he had tears in his eyes. And he said, and it was not, as, it was not a huge grant. I think it was maybe $10,000. And he said, this grant is a lot more significant and important for my organization than, you know, the grant, the $100,000 that we just got from Google a couple of weeks ago. Why? Because it's my community. It's my community validating me, right? I'm validating the work that I'm doing because it's a group of Latinos validating the group, that, the work of a Latino nonprofit leader. And he called me the day after and he said, Sara, can I become a member of Latinos in Tech? I, I know I'm a former, you know, uh, engineer, alumni. but can I... <laughs> And he joined as a donor. So he was, and and we have seen so many times is that it comes full circle. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, Becky, you want to replicate, you want to do it again, right? So um, that is just one of, of many stories that I have.
1: And the alumni. The, I mean, there's a million names for this alumni, grateful patient. You know, we call them rabid fans, like the people who will not let your missions fail because they are so deeply passionate about the work you're doing. That is your secret sauce, people. That will give you not only the dollars, but they will give you the content. They will give you the network. They will give you the amplification. They will give you everything. Find your believers and your rabid fans. It's game changing.
0: Yeah, oh, it's just and it like exemplifies your mission. Like it like actually story tells it even further and deeper as more people come in. Goodness, I don't want this conversation to end. We're coming in with our last question: is we ask everybody, what's your one good thing? Like, what's a piece of advice, a mantra, a hack that you could leave with our community today?
2: Never assume. Never assume who can give and who cannot give, because you know as Latina Latinos, the Black community. Diverse communities, Native American communities, we have always been seen as recipients of philanthropy and not as philanthropists. And it's time to change that. So never assume who can give and who cannot give. Take the time to create the relationships with your donors, with any person that gets into the door. And by door, I'm also talking about your email inbox (laughs) or your social media, your website. Engage with people, get to know their stories, get to know what moves them, because that may surprise you. You know, people that you think were going to give to your organization won't. And people that you thought that they didn't have the capacity to give may surprise you by becoming big major donors and you never knew about it. So. Yeah. Don't assume,
0: you know, when I was reading a recap of your Ted talk, this person called you a philanthropy disruptor and we love disruptors, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, I feel like you're bringing us back to what philanthropy is all about. You know, like you're bringing us back to the heart of it and it feels right and it feels in alignment and it feels inclusive. And so I am just standing over here. You've got the biggest rabid fans and just want to champion everything that you're doing. Thank you so much.
1: I mean, how can people connect with you? How can they connect with Philanthropy Together? How could they start a giving circle? Where could they go for resources? Give us all the tips, and we're going to load up our show notes with all of these links.
2: Awesome. No, no, no. I love this. So You guys can go onto our, our website, PhilanthropyTogether.org, uh, our social media channels, at feel underscore Together on Twitter, and at PhilanthropyTogether everywhere else. We have our giving circle incubator if you want to start your own giving circle. So launchpad for you, and we give the program several times a year. Um, Actually, we have you know a three-hour program, a 90-minute program, a five-week program, Uh, or check out the Global Giving Circle Directory. Right, just plug your Mm -hmm. zip code. It's It's on our website, the giving, the Global Giving Circle Directory. You can put your, your zip code or an issue area that you care about and you will find uh, a given circle near you.
0: Okay, friends, I hope you have pulled over your car and you're looking this up or you're stopping washing dishes. Like this is something we can all pour into. And I thank you so much for creating these resources and they're beautiful. Like go to philanthropy together and just get lost in the stories and the knowledge that's being shared in the heart. So this has filled my cup. Thank you so much for this time. It's been incredible. I think
1: we need to create a giving circle that we are for good. Can you imagine what it could do?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we let's do totally it. We should
1: totally do one. I'm throwing it out into the universe. And I'm pretty sure it was John's idea that I'm throwing Julie's. out on my we're own. In a text <laughs> We've <laughs> got
0: to start a circle. Oh let's my do this. gosh. <laughs> it is
1: it we wanna see, we wanna be a part of this social experiment. And I just think with philanthropy together guiding us, Sarah at the helm, she's about to just rip open this story and your TED talk. I mean, we're just rooting for you thank you for coming in to teach us and just getting us completely jazzed about the future of collective giving
2: no thank you guys so much for having me and i love your podcast i love you know the the vibe the energy the enthusiasm and and the the kindness because it's you know it you can feel it so thank you for everything that you do it's our joy to do it so thank you (laughs) thanks
1: friends